0: Hi everyone. You know, so many parents come to me looking for some kind of structure to use as they begin to unschool. I get it. You want to do this right, but I want to invite you to relax a little. When COVID first arrived, the internet was full of all these beautiful hourly color-coded schedules. You probably saw them on social media and these tend to pop up before school starts too. So they'll be back. And I think initially, or the idea of it, was comforting. When we have a little fear, we want to control something. Those schedules may work in a school setting, but that's because their goal is simply moving kids through the system. Their interest isn't really about the learner and giving them time to process or discover or explore. I'm not slamming schools. It's just an observation. All the good educational research explains how kids really do learn, but schools just aren't able to implement it. But we can. We can learn more about how kids, or all humans, really learn and enjoy it. And we don't have to adopt the pieces of school that really put speed bumps on our road. A soft, meandering road that doesn't need speed bumps at all. If you're new to the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast, welcome. Be sure to subscribe and let me know in the comments if you have questions or need any help. You may get answers to your questions in the next podcast. I'm Sue Patterson, your host here, and I come to you every week to give you a quick unschooling pep talk, five or 10 minutes on a topic that bothers people, a topic that prevents you from really embracing unschooling fully. My kids are all grown now, 32, 30, and 27. And I'm here to tell you that unschooling works. It doesn't take a special skill on your part or kids that have certain temperaments or interests. It does take a little internal work to undo some of the baggage you might be carrying around with you about learning and parenting and children. Familiar doesn't mean true. And we have fears when we first start out. All of us do. So let's talk about your fears about structure and scheduling and unschooling. I want you to notice if you feel pulled towards creating schedules or structures, you may even have all sorts of rationalization backing you up, like my kids need structure or even I need structure. Notice how it comes from a place of fear, a place of not trusting your children or yourselves. You've had years of conditioning for that. Fear is what kept you and the kids cooperating, even when it didn't feel right, even when something really interesting was trying to pull you away. Hoops to jump through, external motivations, timers, buzzers, those are great for a production line, but not for a family and not for a learner. I have a lot of articles collected if you want to dive into the research end of this. If you're not sure what educational research actually does say about learning, I'll leave the link below. Familiarity, it's an interesting factor in all of this, even a little confusing. On one hand, we don't want the schoolish approach. We see all kinds of problems with it. Even though it's familiar, we try to push through our hesitation and see what options are available. And then our little fear builds a little more and nudges us back towards the familiar. Little voices in your head casting doubt on your abilities or your kids' abilities. Fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's trying to keep you safe. It just has a really warped idea of where the danger is. Because there's no danger in a day that is driven by joy and connection. Learning happens as a natural byproduct of that. Unschoolers know this, and you'll see personal examples of this as you continue on the path. You don't have to take my word for it. You'll see it yourself. And as you notice these things, you'll grow your confidence and stop making choices out of fear. But you came here for me to talk about structure and schedules, right? (laughs) I know your fear is still wrestling you for the steering wheel. So let me tell you that after years, decades even, of talking with families, those hourly schedules are not sustainable. Well, you may be able to point out a family or two who uses them, but if you were a fly on the wall in their home, it doesn't necessarily go smoothly or without a price. But what if you created a looser structure, a skeleton structure that allows flexibility and natural rhythm to emerge? What if you think about each person in your family? What would an awesome day be like for them? Why don't you ask them? Encourage everyone to come up with 10 things they'd love to do, or observe them and see what makes their eyes light up, and then you can add it to their list of 10. Then, looking at your week, how could you fit those in? Write it in pencil or dry erase markers (laughs) so they can change if suddenly the weather shifts or someone is waking up grouchy. Lean into the reality that is presenting itself. The stress really comes from trying to force your ideas, the stories you have in your head of how it's supposed to go onto the people in the situations in your life. When they don't cooperate, instead of modifying, we press harder and then we become more frustrated and angry and less connected. And remember, the priority is the connection. That includes getting some pieces of your story. Don't worry. But it's not a one-way street. You're not calling all the shots. You're partnering with your kids. I can't remember if I gave this analogy before, but we had a lot of community theater in our lives for a while, so I can't help thinking in those terms. And our kids are the star of the show, their show. They also get to be their own director. We, the unschooling parents, are more like the stage managers. We keep the show running. We get the star on and off the stage when they need direction. We make sure the props are handy for their performance. No one says, wow, the stage manager of Hamilton must have been really awesome, (laughs) but I'll bet they were. It's the supporting role that unschooling parents play. I do have a few tips that can help you. Many of them you may have discovered on holiday breaks or summer or even Saturdays. Think about what makes those days go well at your house. So here are my five tips for structures and scheduling. (laughs) Number one, first, observe and communicate. What do they like to do? Always start with the child. Schools force the child to conform to their schedule and we're going to do the opposite or at least avoid it wherever we can. So start with the child. Next is about creating lists. It's even better if you can do it like on a big whiteboard calendar or butcher paper will work. I even had a client one time who created an idea wall where she and the kids added all kinds of fun things they'd like to remember to do. And that's cool. So the first one you want to make is about the year. What big things are coming? Birthdays, trips, visits, holidays, put them on that calendar. This also helps kids see time in a more visual or spatial way. Next is the month. This is where you can plug in the appointments and the sports practices and playdates and put those activities with scheduled set times on the calendar first. Because then we move to the fun part, the week, the week ahead. What fabulous things would you like to add to the calendar this week? Check the weather channel. Check in with the kids. What do they want to do? Check in with the community. What's really awesome this time of year? Go there. Sunday nights feel like good planning times for lots of families, but any night will do. Just keep coming back to it. And then daily. Break up your day into three sections. Morning, afternoon, and evening. What kinds of things do you like to do for yourself after breakfast but before lunch? What about between lunch and dinner? How about in the evenings? Now do the same for and with the kids. What would they like to do in each of these blocks of time? The mealtimes offer an easy place to make transitions from one activity to another. So take advantage of that. Number three is staying flexible. With all the options on your calendars, your family is in charge. You don't have to do anything. When we know it's always a choice, that helps. Modify the plans when they aren't working out. It's not a failed attempt. It's more data for future decisions. Often kids say yes to things because they want to be agreeable and do what we want. But in the moment, it shifts to a no. (laughs) Notice what the factors are and figure out what's going on. We could probably do another entire discussion on this. So I'll just leave it at that. So number four, don't plan too far ahead. This may be your fear trying to lay it all out and get it organized. We can get all wrapped up in what we think is a great idea, only no one else agrees. Then we're not only disappointed because it didn't work, but we have to overcome our own resentment about the other's decisions, the effort we may have put into it, the guilt, etc. So let's skip all that. And then number five is looking for patterns. Notice which kids need some breaks between active days and lay around days. How big a break do they need? Do you have some night owls, some early risers? You get to factor in when everyone's best time of day is for various activities. This is the part of that individualizing we always talk about. What do you notice about yourself and these scheduling ideas? So you're peeling back layers by the end of the week. You'll feel pretty good about how it went. Even if it doesn't completely follow the plan, it's all good data to help you know what to modify and change for next week. Remember, you can move toward everyone's curiosities. You can learn to trust your kid's biological hardwiring for learning. And you can learn to trust yourself. It takes a little time and effort. You've hopped off the conveyor belt, but you'll be able to create a life that is full of connection and adventure. No one can tell you what will work for your family. I can give you ideas and suggestions, road signs for the path, but you'll fill in the details to make it totally customized and individualized for your family. And what's awesome and empowering is that modeling this does for your kids helps them carry this way of approaching life on into adulthood. So that's it for me this week. Reach out if you need resources. I have plenty. Coaching resources like courses and guides and memberships are easily found at suepatterson.com. More about unschooling is over at unschoolingmomtomom.com. And I have a free email list you can sign up for and get notifications when the new podcast comes out and other unschooling resources that I know will help you. So enjoy your kids, create some fun connections, and I'll talk with you again next week.